Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. All right, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. I'm down at Roger's Place. Uh, we will tell you again that uh, Ken Holland's availability uh, will be at 1.15 today, so we're going to carry that live. Uh, Reed Wilkins on tonight's broadcast will have Ken on the show as well. Uh, where are we going to go here? Uh, it is currently 1234 at Edmonton, and uh, we're here to tell you that guests and Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Roos Chris Steakhouse is open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. You can tell them, uh, Chris and Chef Eltaf, that Oilers now sent you. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBras for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCL diesel.com and we welcome back to the show Louis DeBrusque and Louis let's uh, get right to it uh, your assessment on the combination of the two trades first getting Matthias Eckholm and then also uh, yesterday acquiring Nick Bukestad yeah listen I think it's uh, good work by Ken Holland um, I think you and I have mentioned Matthias Eckholm many times over the years on uh, this show this particular show talking about that being the type of defenseman that Edmonton could use. And I think every team would like to have a player like Matias Ekholm on their team. And we saw already in one game, I know it's a small sample size, but he stepped in and, you know, this guy's a leader. He's just a guy that, uh, you know, grabbed the rein, stepped into a new system, new teammates in his first game, and more or less just kind of led by his actions and, and played a real sound, strong game. Um I was really impressed with that. And, and Nick Bugstad's a player that we've obviously seen in the league for a long time. And uh, I love his size. I like the fact that he can play both center and wing. Sorry, I just parked in there, Bob. But um, listen, I, I like the fact they got bigger. I like the fact they got deeper, uh, especially from the defensive perspective of the team. I know it's something they've emphasized this year. They can score goals. They have one of the most, well, the most potent offense in the National Hockey League. They need to get stingier and keep the puck out of their net. Um, Matthias Ekholm helps them do that, and he's efficient in that uh, ability to do that. So, listen, he seems like a great individual. I had a little conversation with him this morning. I love his pre- press conference when he was traded. I like how he addressed the media when he got to Edmonton. Um, this guy just, you know, for me, embodies a veteran core defenseman that uh, stayed in an organization for a long time where we saw a lot of top defensemen leave that organization and be number one defenseman on their respective teams that they went to. But he was the one consistent guy, him and Roman Yossi, that always stayed there. And that says a lot to me. That says a lot to me from that organization that he was the guy they wanted to continue to keep around. And you can see the reasons for that when you watch how he interacts with his teammates. I saw him sitting beside young Philip Broberg today. I think he's going to sponge off of Matthias Ekholm. And we saw what happened with uh, you know Evan Bouchard. It's, it, it's a real solid core to veteran defenseman for him to play along this as alongside with that is going to show him the right way to do things he was uh, very good with Duncan Keith as a as a, a line mate uh, deep pairing 
partner last year, and I think that he's going to do very well with Ekholm as well. So it'll be interesting to see where they throw Bukestad in the lineup, where he plays. But a big guy that has an excellent shot, um, that long reach is a good penalty killer. So, again, he builds on the depth of the team and makes you a bigger, harder team to play against. And as we know, down the stretch into the playoffs and the rigors of those games, Never a bad idea to have a little bit more size. All right. Uh, Elliot Friedman, by the way, reporting James Van Riemsdyk is going to get moved to the Detroit Red Wings. This after the Red Wings uh, sent Oscar Sundquist to the Minnesota Wild after Jordan Greenway, the guy they called the Big Rig, got moved by Minnesota to the Buffalo Sabres. So some of the movement here on trade deadline day. Louis, let me ask you this. Is it different today in a cap world? Because you have a window... Then back when you played and you had teams like Dallas, Detroit, Colorado that had two, sometimes three times uh, the salary of their players as opposed to the Edmonton. Is it, is it a completely different situation because we have a hard cap system and in theory you have teams with championship windows? I'll say yes and no. I mean, obviously, in the, in the big picture of things, it's drastically different. I would say night and day. It truly is. As far as how you can make deals, building deals, worrying about the salary cap. Nowadays, back in the day, if you wanted a player and you really felt they were going to help your team, you just went out and got them. Simple as that. If you had the money to spend as far as an organization or yep. you felt it was your year to build up, you just went and built up. And you saw that over time. Teams that were going for a run, teams that felt they had a chance to win it, they loaded up every single year. So that just doesn't happen nowadays with with the salary cap. It's money in, money out. You have to make sure you're... There's so many things that you have to watch for and not just this year, but respective years afterwards as well. What are the books going to look like next year? This all comes into it and why you now see so many assistant general managers in the league. I mean, it's just a completely different landscape in that regard. But where it hasn't changed is the fact that it's always been a difficult time of year for, for, for everybody involved. It's, it's just, when I say difficult, it's it's a nerve-wracking time. I don't care if you're a player that thinks they're going to be traded or doesn't think they're going to be traded. You're going to lose friends. You're going to gain friends. You're going to maybe go to a situation you don't want to go to, or you're going to go somewhere that's the best thing that could possibly happen to you. There's so many different things that could happen in this month and the weeks building up to the trade deadline that um, it, it's always a nerve-wracking kind of time. And I've been actually really impressed with the amount of movement there's been in the league this year. It just seems like there's a lot of teams in the mix. Well, there wasn't really any. Louis, they have a chance at it. Louis, there wasn't any until about two weeks ago. I well, mean, the Rangers got it I, started I, with I, the Tarasenko like it's just kind of exploded and and big names and big teams and teams that feel they can win are loading up and. Yeah, I, I've been impressed with that, how how the general managers have been able to navigate through this cap world and make it work. And that was the other thing I was going to say, too, Bob. We have to give a lot of credit. We always talk about how the, the players of this game evolve and get better every year and get faster and abide by the rules and abide by the way the game has changed in the sense it's not its clutch and grab, it's speed, it's skill, it's defending, goaltending. Well, I would say the same thing for 
number one, the coaching staffs have always had have all had to evolve with the way this game has changed over the years, but also the management staff has had to evolve and adapt and and learn how to navigate through this this crazy world of a cap world, but they do, and they make it work, and they get it done, and I'm very impressed with that. All right, let me ask you the question a different way. I watched an Edmonton Oilers team against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I know the Maple Leaf fans that are out there right now, you know, the guys that grew up wearing Maple Leaf uh, pajamas, they're like, oh, Toronto played terrible. I'm like, yeah. yeah, Edmonton came out and grabbed that game. By That, to me, was the most engaged from the start till the end of the game, Louie. McDavid and Drysaddle were flying early, and Nugent Hopkins, four minutes left in the game, dusts off a six-foot, two-and-a-half, 220 They were all in in that game, Louie. And to me, that was a response. That was a response of what management had done by picking up Ekholm. Am I completely out to lunch, or am I on to no, something? No, not at all. There was they were definitely on a high, and obviously, listen, they always get a little psyched up to play against the Leafs too. They really do. There, there's there's something there. And Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid are friends, but they go head to head. They want to outdo one another. But I agree with you. I don't think Toronto brought it as, as, as best as they could. I thought they were a little bit off, but I think you have to give. Edmonton a lot of credit with how they jumped on them early and didn't let them get into their game. That's the key part of it. Not everybody's going to start the greatest game, but can you adapt to the game? Can you make some adjustments? Can you get going in the game and find your game to push the other team back? And I only remember a couple of times where the Leafs, and I would tell you that it was the third and fourth lines. It was the third and fourth lines of the Leafs that I thought generated some time in the offensive zone and spent some time there. And there was one sequence in the first period where they followed up maybe three shifts. A shift after shift after shift where they were starting to get a little traction, but then Edmonton denied them that too and started to go to work again. It was a real good performance. I was impressed with how Ekholm was able to jump right into a system that he's never played with players that he's never played with. And the reason why I believe he was able to do it again he just goes in there and does what he needs to do. And I think Jay Woodcroft pointed that out. We we're all talking about the chemistry he's going to have with a young Bouchard, a young Broberg. He can play right, left. You know what? He went out there and did what he needed to do to be successful in that game, the way he's done it his entire career. And I think you could instantly see the benefits of that. I think he made Darnell Nurse better. I think Darnell looks down the bench now and knows that he's got some help back there as far as a veteran, big left-handed defenseman that can log a ton of minutes. It puts people in the positions they should be in, and it makes them harder to play against. So, yeah, I definitely think there was an impact in that regard. But I also agree with you in the sense that when you go out and make a deal like that, like Ken Holland did, and we've talked about this before, the players in that team, although Tyson Berry was a very well-liked guy in that room, he truly was. He was a, He's a great guy. I mean, he's a great guy, very likable, veteran guy that, they, that the top players on the team all got along with very well. You never like to see players like that leave because you build those friendships. But at the same time, you look at what Ekholm brings to the table, and I think if everybody looked in the mirror – players, that is, for the Edmonton Oilers, they'll say we're a better team today than we were yesterday without having Matias Ekholm in the lineup, and that showed in the game against Toronto, I believe, as well. All right, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is listed at 6 feet, 184 pounds. <laughs> Justin Hall is 6 foot 3, 197. I gotta tell you, like, you know, 
You go up to a place like Fort St. James where the Playfair boys are from. There's some tough boys yeah. in Fort St. James, B.C. Burnaby! Yeah. Who knew we had the Burnaby brawler yeah. on the team, right? But man, oh man, like he dusted him off. That was a, that was a per- I, obviously Adam and Ryan have had some scraps over the years, I'm going to assume. Yeah. He's uh, He looked pretty comfortable. I mean, he did a good job against Monaghan when Monaghan got the jump on him early and he came back and won that second half of that fight. But he tuned Justin Hall and really a little bit surprised, Louie. Well, you know what? I'm getting less and less surprised. I don't know if I've ever heard more talk about a guy that's had three fights in his NHL career than Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's a baby-faced assassin. He just, you know, but I love it when he fights because it's out of his character a little bit to do it. He's completely comfortable doing it. He's not afraid to do it. But listen, you'd much rather have him on the ice doing the things that he does well on the ice than dropping the gloves. But I love it any time a player sticks up for their player. And, and you know me, and I'll say it again, you don't need any reason to go and get into a fight with an opposing player. I don't know why anybody would say it was a clean hit. Why would you drop the gloves? Why would you do that? I'm sorry. You don't have to have a reason to not like the opposition and want to get into the grill of an opponent. So let's just go away from that. I like the fact that he felt at that time a player had wronged his teammate, Tyler Yamamoto, in any way, shape, or form, and he said, you know what, I'm just not going to stand for it. I'm going to go over there and say, hey, you know what, I didn't like that hit. I don't like the fact you ragged on one of our smaller guys, so hey, try me, and he was uh, ready for that altercation. I think Edmonton has, has gained a little bit of that over the course of this year, too, and we don't talk about it enough. Clean costs and the acquisition from the St. Louis Blues instantly comes in here and gets Gives you a different presence. You look at Vinny DeHarnay, who matured down the American Hockey League, is now getting an opportunity. Six foot six and three quarters. I call him six seven. We know what he brings to the table. He's a big guy, makes them harder to play against. We'll get in your grill. And I mean, listen, it was an, an undisciplined penalty against. Yes, Pastor it was. Nashville, but, but it sent a but message. I got, but I got, but yeah, but I got to tell you, there's a part of me that really liked it too, because it was just whenever you know, and and, and I look to the Tampa Bay Lightning two times. Stanley Cup champions in the last three years went to the final last year and Eric Chernak is a guy that I've always liked and Jake Jake always says because he goes head to head with Tampa quite a bit he always calls him Ivan Drago he says this guy you know he's just a beast out there he's big he's strong he leans on you he'll cross check you slash you you know that every time you go to the front of the net or around the net for that matter you're going to get a little bit of attention in a negative way that's what Vinny DeHarnay does and I watch him I ISO cam him on the shift. He just doesn't like guys around his net, and I have no problem with that. He's going to take some penalties from time to time. Um, but yeah, you know what? Listen, I uh, it's always exciting when Nuge throws down because I think he'd be a great boxer. I think if he never got into hockey, I think with his frame, he could have probably lightened down to a real good weight where he could have been an advantage size-wise. He's got the speed and the determination to get in there, and I always say that. Don't ever judge the face because he's got the baby face, but uh, he's shown in the 3 fights that he's had with Ham Hughes, Monaghan, and now Hall, all guys that are are all heavier than him. Um, he's he's fared very, very well in those scraps. And you saw the reaction from the bench. They loved that. I guess they were chatting Rocky when he came into the room. And uh, when guys get out of their comfort zone, that tells you that they're battling for you and for your team. And I don't think there's a, a greater compliment you can give someone for, uh, for doing that for them. Bottom line, Louie. Are the Edmonton Oilers better today than they were a week ago? 
Absolutely, I do. I believe they're uh, considerably better. Uh, if you look at this team, we've talked about it at length this year. Now, listen, I, and, and I'll say this: I mean, there was a lot of names that were thrown around as potential trade targets, and and they were always defensemen. They were always defensemen. We were talking about as far as what is the immediate need for this team. If you could pluck anybody out of the league and put him into the lineup, aside from a Victor Hedman. Who would you want on that back end to help them with their defensive abilities? Well, Matias Ekholm was a player that I don't think anybody really had on the radar or anybody really felt was the guy that was going to come to Edmonton, and somehow Kent Holland pulled that off. I, I just believe he is really the perfect fit for this team right now, and he seems to be in a position in his career where he's determined to try and finish the job, the chance that he got back in 17 going to the final. So, um, you know what? Uh, I like the move a lot. I do think they're better. I think they gain some size. They're going to get a, almost like a player back in Evander Kane. I mean, we, we forget. This guy's been out for a long time. Yeah. He's been out for a long time. And I just think, you know what, Holloway maybe projected down the road could get back in time. There's a lot of moving parts here that could come together at the right time for this team. But to answer your question, long-winded, yes, they're better now than they were. Louie, great stuff. We'll have fun tonight. New winners on the Jets. Uh, you're doing the game on TV tomorrow night as well. Um, so you, you and Jack and Gene uh, tonight, uh, walking and myself during the intermissions, and uh, then tomorrow, uh, Jack and me will have the radio call. And uh, is it you and Hunter Ryan tomorrow night in the pig? Yep. Should be a beauty. You can uh, buy, yeah. you, you can buy the seven up on the plane. <laughs> okay, I always like these back-to-backers. It's a little bit of it's a little bit of a playoff feel, but, but but you know you match up. How do you adjust the next game? There's a lot of moving parts and two teams that are really trying to find their stretch. Should be a good one tonight and tomorrow night. Awesome stuff, Lou Dog. Thanks for joining us. All right, bud. That's Tampa's dad, Louis DeBrus, joining us. That's the name of Louis's dog. Bob Stoffer with you. Uh, Louis DeBrus appearances and orders now are brought to you by GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. When we come back, uh, we'll continue our ongoing coverage of the NHL trade deadline brought to you by 1905. We'll update uh, the transactions. There seems to be a little uh, of a hiccup in a potential deal with JVR to the Detroit Red Wings, and we'll get to Oilers game day trivia. It is brought to you by Pro-Am Sports. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. It's 1251 at Edmonton. A lot of the teams made their moves before today. A more busy 10-day stretch outright. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Uh, it is time. Let's do it. For all the rich kids that never got the chance. That was my motivational speech to my tree planners first thing in the morning. It is the Oilers game day trivia presented by Pro-Am Sports located in Edmonton on St. Albert Trail, online at proamsports.ca. Up for grabs a $50 GC from Proam Sports and bragging rights. We're not going to make it easy. It's been easy the last couple times. It's not going to be easy today. Here we go. We got Josh Morrissey in town. He's having an unbelievable season with the Winnipeg Jets. 63 points in 61 games this year. 13 goals, career highs. And we got Leon Draisaitl, who's second in NHL scoring with 90 points, and he's on a 10-game point streak, seven goals and 14 points. They played together on the 14-15 Kelowna Rockets. They were moved that year from Prince Albert to Kelowna. Name the former Arizona Coyotes' first-round draft pick that was traded in the Taylor Hall trade to New Jersey. The former first-round pick of the Arizona Coyotes who led the Kelowna 
Rockets in scoring in the regular season. He was second to dry settle in the playoffs. That is our trivia question up for grabs. He's currently playing over in the KHL. Who was the man that led the 14-15 Kelowna Rockets in regular season scoring that played with both Dreisaitl and Morrissey, who joined the team during the year? You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. We are going to tell you that we're heading back to California this April with New West Travel. Fly to L.A., watch the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. This New West Travel hockey package includes airfare, four nights at the Marriott L.A. Live, lower bowl game tickets for both games, and a welcome reception with yours truly and special guests. For the California Hockey Tour, reach out to newwesttravel.com. That's newwesttravel.com. And again, you can keep Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. We'll carry Ken Holland's presser today at 115. John Shannon's going to jump in for five or six minutes with his thoughts. And uh, we're going to quickly, as we have an opportunity in about uh, for about 30 seconds here, uh, tell you here are the latest. It's actually quieted down a bit. One o'clock. The deadline is in three minutes' time. We're waiting on new, more news on James Van Riemsdyk, but nothing to report at this time quite yet. Quite yet. Um, there's teams wheeling and dealing. Oscar Sundquist has been traded to the Minnesota Wild. This after the Wild dumped Jordan Greenway to the Buffalo Sabres. He was having a tough year. Troy Stetcher has been traded to the Calgary Flames from Arizona. Uh, and the deal with JVR in Detroit... His uh, Elliot Friedman saying something happened with it. It's uh, the pulled back from the deal. So there you have it. We'll take a quick timeout. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. And when we come back, John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling.